it's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana Sports Writer and Sportscasters Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie. And the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that doesn't like to review horror movies, but hey, it happens. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Streaming Live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> That was, that was good. I like that. Nice. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my own 316 Mafia, who I love 3000. It's my co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Oh, and boy. each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Sad. Sad? There's the whole I love you 3000 thing. Just oh. Brought, yeah, I'm having flashbacks br- now. I didn't mean to bring you down. It was mm. meant to encourage you. Yeah, to let you know how but much I, I love, love you. you 3000, too. Yeah. And you, Phil. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It is uh, going to be a good time today on Sif Pop. We've got it, Chapter 2, that we're going to review, of course. We're going to talk about best movies, best ever challenge today, featuring clowns. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've got a Sift Quest, where we'll talk about horror movies and buried treasure, uh, all that kind of uh, fun stuff. But uh, let's kick it off with some Do We Care. Jumping right into it. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide. Do we care? Do we care? Or not? Number one! Phone's not working. <laughs> he wasn't here ready for that. Yeah. a little too quick. All right, here we go. Yeah. I mean, I can tell some personal stories no, if no, we no. want to start uh, off okay, with some story go. time. Number one, Richard Linklater's next film, Merrily We Roll Along, based on the play by the same name, will be filmed over the course of the next 20 years. Years. I saw that. <laughs> Boyhood was 12 years. Right. 20 years. Yeah. So. Well, I think when you when you enter into an idea like this, you go in with eyes wide open, right? You go in knowing we're, we may have to adjust. We may have to change. Uh, people change. People die. You know what I mean? Like 20 years is a long time for a lot of life events to happen. Um, and so I think as long as you go into it with eyes wide open, sure, do your super creative, weird thing. You know, I mean, uh, Linklater is himself, you know, how old is he? How old is Richard Linklater? 50 plus. Is he? Let's let's find out for sure. But I'm just saying like. Well, I'm just trying to think of like all of his movies dating as far back as they right. are. He's got to be in his 50s. He is currently 59 years old. I knew so it, yeah. he wants to finish this movie when he's almost 80. Yeah. And it's probably that was probably some math on his part where it was like, what's the most I could do and feel a reasonable amount of certainty that I'll still at least be around? Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, I'm guessing if he was 49 right now, he'd, just, he'd do a 30 year movie. I think he's really intrigued by the idea of using time as a character. Yeah. So but here's the here's the weird thing. You can use time as a character 
without filming over 20 like there are ways to do See, this that's, that's where i'm coming down on the i'm trying to remember the name of the london uh tech special effects company the ones mm-hmm. who do all the uh de-aging and aging for marvel right. movies um i'm trying to to figure out what would be more cost effective to shoot a movie over the course of 20 years and just have people age naturally or have you know pay up front to have a company like that do a superb job you know on aging people right and and here's the thing technology in 10 years is going to be even better you know like the i mean i think we are within 10 years from that the uncanny valley disappearing you know and it being you know imperceptible and boy i mean you look at deep fakes you look at the way technology can be used to you know create i like i look back at um iron man de-aging uh and and i go okay it was great for the time but i can tell how much better we've even gotten from then and i just can't imagine 10 years from now that it's it's not something where pretty much if you've got a digital representation of an actor, you can star them in a movie without ever involving them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me as I'm, I wonder what it is that Linklater would say. This is the reason I find this so, so fascinating. Here are the big movies that came out 10 years ago, just to give you an idea of where we were then to where we are now as mm-hmm. far as special effects. Avatar, obviously mm-hmm. the big, you know, we started this whole sure. CGI launch. The first Star Trek, mm-hmm. I say first, first Chris Pine Star Trek, right? Um, Zombieland, District Nine, mm-hmm. uh, Sherlock Holmes. I mean, think of where we were just ten years ago, and where we are today with special effects. You know, right? You look back at Avatar, and then you could compare that to Endgame. You know, um, as far as like big budget special effects. What is the, (laughs) I don't know what the level would be 10 years from now. Like, are we about to walk across that hill where it doesn't matter how good things are, like, it can't get better than this, technically. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Unless unless they go to a full 3D or immersion type thing, you know. Well, and that's that's the other part of the technology is who knows how movies are going to be made 20 years from now. Like, movies may not be a thing you go see in theaters, I mean, three years from now. (laughs) Who knows how movies are going to change, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think technology advances so quickly. And honestly, some of our biggest scientists believe we're just over 20 years away from the singularity. So, you know, the idea that that this movie will finish at a time when maybe artificial super intelligence is starting and pretty much anything becomes possible at that point. Like, it's just I I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me to think 20 years in the future right now. I am super stoked for our Matrix future, not the apocalyptic version, but like plugging your brain in sure. and just having information uploaded. I, hey, listen, I'm I'm down to check it all out. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm pumped about technology over the the next few years. But yes, I found that fascinating, and I will finish by saying this: Good on Richard Linklater. Go for it, man. Yeah. This is your dream. This is your art. Whatever it is you see in it that maybe I don't see, that's awesome. I can't I can't wait for you to put it out there. And I didn't. I wasn't one who necessarily enjoyed Boyhood that I didn't much. Either. So, yeah. It's funny to think that a movie made over 12 years and a movie that could be made over 20 years now, people could consider it a gimmick. 
I'm like, he's 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 only done it once, and he's about to do it a second time. It's not technically a gimmick, but a a, ca- a trademark. Well, you could what would say, you call this? You could say like the movie Forty Nine again, or whatever. You know those the movies that happen every seven years. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You could say that they've already kind of done this, but for longer, right? Because yeah. those, you know, they're working on like. You know, I think the next one is, you know, 56 or whatever. So I, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to think of. And I, I do kind of dig it. But at the same time, I don't understand necessarily the the investment in it. Yeah. Number two. Go for it. Uh, this this <laughs> Phil's already laughing at this. I'm going to try and get through this without laughing. Here we go. OK, good on you. Eva Longoria is set to direct a true story film called Flamin' Hot about how a janitor working for Frito-Lay decided Cheetos weren't spicy enough. I love this. <laughs> I think this is great. <laughs> this is like this is this is the underdog story, right? Like Flaming Hot Cheetos are this huge thing. Are like, they? Oh, yes. Do, are you kidding right now? <laughs> I, I've never had them, so I don't know. Okay, well, I haven't either, but I don't like spicy things. But my boys swear by them. Gamers love them. Like, I mean, it is... Flaming Hot Cheetos is legit a thing. So, it's, right. And it's made Frito-Lay a ton of money. So, th- it is interesting to think of, you know, uh, that a janitor you yeah. know, did this. So, I don't know. I, every story is an interesting story if you do it right. Right? It's true. So yeah, yeah. I, I get I get the humor. I get I get wanting to laugh at something like this, but you know it, it, it could just, be cool. It just whenever I think of something like this, um I think of movies like The Founder, you know, like Yes. But then I'm like, that's McDonald's. That is <laughs> like a global force. Sure. And then you're shrinking it down to one Okay. <laughs> it's like if you did The Founder, but you only told the story of how they came up with their fries, you know, uh-huh. like how they do McDonald's fries or um, how they founded the Big Mac or something right. like that, you know. Right. But it just like as opposed to like if a janitor decided he was going to make chips and he created Frito-Lay, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting movie. But narrowing it down to one specific product kind of makes it feel uh, un in uninteresting as well as you know just unimportant but hey like you said anything could be a good story if you do it so right. we're talking about richard uh montanez uh he immigrated to california from mexico as a child okay. grew up helping to support his family by picking grapes he dropped out of high school in the mid-70s and took a job as a janitor at the frito-lay factory in rancho cucamonga as legend has it, an assembly line glitch one day produced cheetos without their distinctive orange dust so montez uh montanez took some home to coat with chili powder uh, or uh, Mexican street corn. The experiment was so successful that he bought a $3 tie and presented his new recipe to executives. Flaming Hot Cheetos hit shelves in 1991 and became one of Frito-Lay's most successful products, surging in popularity year after year as more varieties debuted. He is now a vice president of branding at Frito-Lay wow. uh, and leads the Hispanic advertising team and is known as the godfather of multicultural marketing. So that's an interesting story, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's something there that could make for a you know kind of founder type thing yeah. so I, I agree with what you're saying andrew but i think this movie's gonna be 
not really centering in on the products. Like it's it's be about going, him. Yeah. Yes. It's about him, him, not the product. Of course. You see a lot of yeah. scenes with him and his family and all that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Number three? Yeah, number three. Last year, Tomb Raider, starring Alicia Vikander, did not do big numbers at the box office because of the global phenom that was Black Panther. Now... After announcing Tomb Raider 2's release date next year, it's speculated that it's going to be going up against Shang-Chi. Ah. So, if Alicia you don't, can't get out from under the thumb of Marvel. Really. And um, it's Warner Brothers is one of the producers of uh, all these Tomb Raider movies. Right. So it kind of goes back to that whole Warner Brothers, you know, as a partner with DC. So... I don't know if this is intentional on Disney and Marvel's part, you know, just to keep... You know, trying to do this to little video game film that wants to. Because yeah. <laughs> it wants to do good numbers, and it could do good numbers, but if it keeps getting overshadowed by all these other movies. Isn't this kind of the Catch-22 that everybody non-Disney faces in today's release market? Like, Disney owns the calendar. They have enough properties. Even if you're not talking Marvel, you could be talking Pixar. You could be talking Star Wars. You yeah. could be talking Disney uh, animation. Uh, they have something... Certainly at all the big tentpole marks, all the summer marks, all the winter marks. So it's hard to release something big that's not going to be impacted by Disney's footprint. We all know that roughly around this time of year, there's like a lull in Mm -hmm. like a couple weeks where there's just nothing at the theaters. Yeah, totally. Fill those spots. Yeah. Fill those spots with good quality content. I totally agree. I I have been saying this for a long time. Get out of the old mindset of, you know, this is when successful movies happen. It's been proven by movies that have come out earlier and earlier. Uh, Quiet Place was a February movie, I think. That movie did huge. Um, So, you know, there's, I I agree. Get out of that mindset. And really, that, that is the time, January, February, early March. Where you could really launch some stuff because even now when there's a lull, it's awards time. And so there's a lot of kind of awards buzz of some movies coming out, that kind of yeah. thing. But um, but yeah, there's there's space. It's just not not as much as before. And it's kind of hard to to promote these kind of movies. I like yeah. the first uh, I too, the yeah. Tomb Raider. So um, I'm excited to see another one. It's one of two good uh Video, video game, game movies, yeah. <laughs> video game movies? Yeah. Yeah. All three, if you count the Warcraft movie, which I like just because it's like Warcraft. I understand I it's not a video, good movie. I video game movies just have to be kind of okay, and it's like, great video game movie! Yeah. No, this is actually a, a... The first one is actually a good movie. I like the first Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's I don't understand that mentality of... People will only go to see movies at certain times. It's not like during September or January and February, people stop liking movies. Mm-hmm. People will love movies till the end of time. Yeah. It doesn't matter when they come out. As long as you put out good quality content, right. they'll make time in their no, calendar totally. to go see something good. No, totally. So, yeah, gonna, I, I agree with you. It's going to wrap it up. Or do we care? Very nice. Uh, before we get on mm. to the review, uh, I did want to just say this. I probably should have said this during that opening instead of just launching in for you. I know that t- caught you off guard. Yeah. Uh, I was we, a deer in headlights. <laughs> Andrew got us a steak dinner today. I uh, am. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Making good on a, a bet that Andrew and I had. Like what, two decades here, ago? I know. See, I don't even, this is why I want to bring it up because we need your help. 
I'm not kidding you. We, we don't do. even know why he owed me a steak dinner. We this just... is how forgetful we are. Mm -hmm. uh, there was some sort of bet we made. I think it had to do with a movie performing well yeah. or not. And I cannot remember what it was. I do know I, I won that bet. Yeah. And I do know you said you would, would give a steak dinner. So Andrew brought in steak today for the three of us. It was a Hawaiian steak. Had a nice, interesting flavor from a place here locally yeah. called Jim's. Yeah. Pineapple. Um, um, and so we had that today, but it's hilarious because we're eating the steak and none of us can remember why. <laughs> Not a single one of us. So if if you remember why, dear faithful Sif Pop listener. Yeah. Andrew uh, will get you a steak dinner. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no, I don't think that's right. what he said. <laughs> no. Um, but it was delicious, and thank you. Uh, oh. I mean, I earned it. I know I earned you it. You did. But really, Phil should be thanking me for the steak that yes. you bought, Phil. It and was excellent. Thank you. He, he got a guilt steak. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's just sometimes... No, you, after all the hard work Phil's done, he deserves a good sometimes steak. Sometimes you just don't know what's at stake, you know? Like, you just can't... You can't remember, you know? Anyways, <laughs> I've killed Andrew. <laughs> if the it happens pun in the intro didn't kill Andrew, <laughs> yeah. uh, then I've already killed him. All right, let's get on. Let's, uh, let's review It Chapter 2. To the losers. We made an oath. S I swear. If it isn't dead, if it ever comes back, we'll come back to We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. <laughs> we can't let it happen again. In the sleepy town of Derry, the evil clown Pennywise returns 27 years later to torment the grown-up members of the Losers Club, who have long since drifted apart from one another. Uh, this is Chapter 2. Chapter 1, was it? It wasn't last year. It was two years ago? Yeah. That uh, Chapter 1 came out. was very well received. 2016, actually. So, okay, so it was three years ago. Um, so it was very well received. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I enjoy most horror movies. I wasn't like a huge fan of it like some people were. Um, I didn't think the kids necessarily worked as well as a lot of people thought that they did. So this was three years ago. Yeah, Andrew, I think you loved it. You really enjoyed it. I and love, you're, and you're I a Stephen first... King fan. Yeah, I don't so... know if that gives me a bias, but I just... I think the story was great in that first one. So, I loved it. First one comes out, does really well. Three years later, they're releasing the it's second it's one. 2017. Yeah, two years. Oh, okay. It's actually, My same, bad. same weekend. So, it's the first weekend oh, nice. in September. Very yeah, nice. Two years. Uh, in between seeing the first one and seeing this one, uh, I, for work purposes at CinemaSins, where I write for, uh, saw the miniseries from 1990 for the first time. Oh. I'd never seen that when I was a kid. Wasn't allowed to watch it. The that Tim kind of thing. Uh, Curry one. The Tim Curry one. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting about that experience for me and we'll get into our review here soon but I just kind of want to give some background what was interesting for that experience for me is it made me more excited to see this one because of how poorly that one is done it was like oh so this is kind of where we're going so I kind of came into this differently and this is this is the first time I've come into this property having a little bit of knowledge of where the story goes and that kind of changes things a little bit I think so I wanted to get that on the table that you know I, I had seen because if you've read the book or you've seen the miniseries you do you have some foreknowledge uh, and so Andrew I'm assuming you've read the book 
A couple times, yeah. And seen the miniseries. Yes. So, you know, so I just wanted to kind of get that uh, out there to begin with in case it impacts uh, kind of the way uh, we see it. But I was looking forward to this going in. But uh, what did you think? Did you like it, dislike it, love it, hate it? It was just okay? Really liked it. Really liked it. This is going to be a very fun conversation. You did not like it. I hated this movie. I know. I, I, I hated this movie. I, as I was watching this movie, <laughs> I, in my head I'm going, Aaron's not going to like this. The, Aaron's not going to like this. This movie is horrible. No. Um, so, okay. So, let's let's talk about it. And <laughs> before we continue into this, I will admit my hatred of this movie is very much influenced by what I like in a movie or what I enjoy in a movie. And it is, it, it is um, I guess I'll just say this and then we'll get into the details. Okay. There are things about horror movies that are the reason I don't like horror movies. This movie is that movie. <laughs> it takes all the things I hate about horror movies and says, let's do that for two and a half hours. Yeah. So that that kind of is the the broad strokes. But we'll, we'll get into it a little more specifically. We like to start off with the positive, right? So, yeah. So that's going to be all you, man. Really? <laughs> oh, I mean, I have a couple things. Huh? I mean, here's here's the, my positives are so shaded by my overall experience for instance bill Hader's great right and everybody's talking about it and that is one of the positives of this movie but there is kind of a a thinnest kid at fat cap camp thing going on here for me where it's like yes his performance is is wonderful but he's also just kind of brought out by how horrible everybody else is in this movie that's where we're differing <laughs> uh, I, I mean I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you enjoyed their performances I was blown away by how bad everyone was in this movie no I thought everybody was really good I thought everybody that, yeah like who did you think was bad everybody no I thought <laughs> except Bill Hader no, I thought that they all did a really good job. Okay, well, then let's start there. Since yeah. you enjoyed the performances, tell me about, you know, who you liked and why you enjoyed them. Obviously, Bill Hader, we're just going to skip past him. Yeah, he was great. He was he was he was really funny. He, you know, he he felt uh authentic, although the again, the script that's put in his mouth is just terrifyingly horrible, but he did the best he could with it. Uh so yes, we can move up past Bill Hader and tell me yeah. why you like the others. I like James McAvoy. Yeah, I like his transition. Um, I, I guess this is just foreknowledge going in. You know, they all, um, he loses his stutter as he grows up, but mm-hmm. as he goes back to Derry, he slowly it slowly creeps back up on him, and I think that he did a really good job. Also, I like Jessica Chastain. I thought she did a really good job, um, and this is probably the, the performance you hated, but I thought was really good, and that was for uh, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie is the one who has the asthma mm-hmm. uh, thing, the inhaler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like, what in the world? Like, that performance was just like, what? Like, yeah, did I James step Ransom. into a parody? <laughs> like, you know, it was just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't jive with the tone of this movie. I was like, what is it trying to do? Um, so, and his performance was the key example of that. I had no clue what to do with that character. I was like, he is in a scary movie, like a scary movie parody, like the actual Wayans Brothers scary yeah. movies felt like what he was in. Um, I will give you that McAvoy and Chastain are professional quality actors. I think they're totally wasted in this movie. I don't think they're given anything to do um, that really emphasizes their performance abilities well. But the worst part for me is the chemistry of these. Like, I didn't buy for a second that these people wanted to hang out together, that they were friends. That's the point. 
the Losers Club are forced back together on... They don't want to go back to Derry. Well, I know they don't want to go back to Derry, but once they remember each other, they should they should feel like buddies from school. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where, like, as much as I didn't enjoy the kids from the first one as much as everybody else, yeah. their chemistry was good. Like the, you know, I believed that they were a friend group, and yeah. I just never believed this about this group. So, hypothetically, for you, yeah, say that you ran into somebody that you were friends with in middle school. Like, yeah. really good friends, but you haven't talked to in, like, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't react and talk to that person the way that these people talk to each other in this film? No. No, I don't think so. I think it would be much more, like, the memories would start pouring out. And it would be like, oh, do you remember when we, you know, all skipped lunch that one day and did this one thing? And then all of a sudden you're back in that place together? Like, that's been my experience, at least. Yeah. With like seeing old friends after a long time, where it's like you've just lost, you know, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a second element to that for me, which is not only do I feel like, you know, they could have, you know, couldn't have been less interested in in being together. Um, I, I wasn't interested in hanging out with them either. Like it was mm. just like I wasn't. I didn't find any joy in being with this group of people. Yeah. So, so it made it a very joyless experience for me yeah. overall. That's that's sad. Yeah. Um, this is kind of leading into cons because I do have more pros. I just want to say that. Well, yeah, let's talk yeah. about them. Um, I still and think, I, and I think Bill Skarsgård to... is a great Pennywise. Yes, no, he does fine. He, no, he doesn't. He does way better than fine. He is so good in that role. Yeah, he is so good. Like uh, whenever the first one came out in 2017, I was like, man, I, I hope he does good. You know, but he blew me away, and I think that. His continued ability to understand this character is what made this movie so easy to fall right back into where we left off two years ago. And like, oh, I felt like I never left. It's because he is so good. He brings not only that character, but Derry itself to life. And he makes it real. Um, my problem with him in this movie, and again, it's different than the first, and a lot of my problems in this movie are things that, that this franchise did in the first that for some reason they didn't do in the second. Uh, in the first, I felt like I understood Pennywise uh, from a motivation standpoint, from a, you know what he was trying to do. He was trying to scare and, and eat these children. But there's so much of what he does or seems to do in this movie that I just I don't I don't understand as an entity how it makes sense. Like I don't, the plot in this movie was one that I was just like, I don't, I don't get what he's doing here. Why is he doing it this way? I did get that feeling of I'm missing pages. Like that happens with book maybe adaptations that's, maybe sometimes. Maybe that's what I'm doing. Cause I, I know like he's a child of the prim. I know about the deadlights. I know, <laughs> I know. all this stuff. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's where I'm just filling in, you know, of this whole uh, smorgasbord of like, craziness that people don't understand from what you're telling me yeah then i'm like well well that's this the deadlights are real he's a right. child of the prim here's, oh, where he's the son down, of the crimson king yeah it's obvious it's everybody funny. knows this i came away from this thinking okay after seeing the 1990 miniseries yeah which has a lot of the same issues in my opinion a lot of the same issues uh and then seeing this one i came away saying okay either stephen king is a horrible storyteller or he's a genius and I think it's the latter, because if he's a genius, uh, he is a genius because he found a way to make this stupid story work. <laughs> because the actual foundational elements that I saw in the miniseries and in this version 
don't make any sense to me. But if they work in the book, that man is brilliant and, and hats off to him. And I think that's probably the case. Yeah. I bet you if I read the book, I would be very aware and impressed with the overall story but i just you wouldn't get through the book (laughs) too scary for me no 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 there's things in the book that you would just like nope i'm gonna i'm stopping right here yeah well i wouldn't get through the book because i don't read anymore (laughs) that's that's probably the main reason there's a there's a meta level to this movie sure that sure well even beyond what you know okay um like stuff that people who have read the books are picking up on, you know? Sure. Um, besides, you know, cameos or... Or Beep Beep Richie or that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. But also, like, um, this isn't really a spoilerish, but they keep talking about uh, uh, how McAvoy's character is like uh, Bill, I guess I mm-hmm. could say. Yeah, Bill, um, as a grown-up, he's a scriptwriter, and they're like, yeah, you're just not good at writing endings and stuff like that. I figured that was kind of a Stephen King... You know, because people have uh, issues with the ending of it mm-hmm. and stuff that, uh, since it was written a long time ago, it doesn't age. Well, it shouldn't have aged. Well, in in one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, completely changed the ending of the book. Is my understanding, uh, the mist. Uh, completely change the ending of the book. They they it, add on to the okay, ending of right, the mist. Yeah, in the so. mist and the ending of the short. It's really just a short story. They just drive off and you and you just hope that they. Uh, I see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the ending of mist, man. There's um, which arguably is what makes that movie amazing is the way it ends. Yeah. So yeah, I did figure that was maybe something Stephen King has heard about himself many mm-hmm. times before and has meted that into the. Yeah. The, also, the story. Um, like, if you remember, like, whenever they're like having flashbacks to them in school, there's a giant turtle on one of the teachers' desks. I think. Okay. That's a. <laughs> I'm gonna just throw a whole bunch of lore at you right now. <laughs> Go for it. So, as long as it's not spoilery, then we can not. we can wait and handle this. The, is that in the book spoilers. Okay. That are not in the movie, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Um. So the turtle is known as Matron, and it is the creator of the universe. Okay. Uh, kind of, Think of, like, a never-ending story, that giant turtle, you know? Yeah. Um, this is, you know, just, it creates the entire universe. Pennywise is a child of the Prim, or a child of the Shadows. And since that Matron is a creator, he is a destroyer. So what he's wanting to do is devour fear to make him stronger so that he can kill Matron. Okay, so that's where I'm filling in a whole bunch of you know like oh so yeah that and that and that but that's not that's not in the book. I am excited. It's not in the movie. I am excited in the Sif spoil to ask you about plot details. Yeah, because the last twenty minutes of this movie made no sense to me, Um, and I. I'm excited to talk to you about that because maybe yeah. you'll help clear it up for me and maybe maybe I can understand mm-hmm. some things. Um, and that's possibly part of why I had such a bad experience. Yeah. Um, but not the only reason yeah. I had a bad experience. Um, another reason why I like the first movie more than this one, granted I still really like this one, is it was confined in the timeline it was in. It never jumped forward in time to right. McAvoy or Chastain, whereas this one does jump back in time to the kids again, yeah. to the losers as kids. It was the one thing when I watched the miniseries that I was so vividly aware was a huge mistake, was jumping between the timelines. Yeah. Like that, The miniseries suffers greatly for that. It's because it does that in the book. Yeah. Yeah. But he probably does it really well in the book somehow. Pro- yeah. <laughs> um, Again, I don't know. I yeah. haven't read the book, so. 
I did say that I like Bill Hader. I think that his performance is really good. But also a con of his is that Bill Hader is so funny that it takes you it. I don't want to say lessens the tension and fear, but it kind of can take you out of it a little bit. Like, if something horrifying is happening on screen, but then Bill Hader says something really funny, you're, it kind of, like, you're not scared anymore. This this is one of my major issues of several that I have with this movie, <laughs> okay. which is what I was talking about with not not vibing into the tone of this movie. Yeah. I don't think it's just Bill Hader. I think the difference with Hader is he actually is funny. Mm-hmm. Some of the things the other characters are... are saying and some of the things the scripter have them doing are aren't as funny because they're not as great as hater is here but they are meant to be like there is without giving anything away and it's the eddie character and there's this moment where he is uh i think he's trying to retrieve his thing or or whatever i'm trying not to spoil but there is a moment where it is fairly tense fairly creepy fairly scary and something happens that is so out of a parody film that I don't it's even It's very Deadpoolish. Un- I right exactly and I don't understand how to play my tone meter. Like uh, wait, are we a slapstick comedy now? Like yeah. we just went from a horror movie to a slapstick comedy with with not even a transition or a breath and yeah. it happens several times in this movie. Yeah. There are moments like that where, you know, it's the freakiest thing you've ever seen and then somebody slips on a banana peel. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just it's weird the tone in there, this is just there weird. There are moments and that's what keeps me from loving this movie. Yeah. Is because the first one New is a horror movie, and it yeah. never strayed from it. You can have jokes and a comedy as long as they don't change the tone. And it's not saying the first one doesn't have humorous moments, but it understands that they're humorous moments uh, about life or about these kids or whatever. Not about demon clowns. Right, yeah, and they're not they're not mixed into those things. At least I don't remember them being mixed into those things as the way they are here. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about differences, and I know you've probably got more pros, and we can, we can just kind of go back and forth. Yeah. One of my other major negatives is the difference of uh, the tropes, the horror movie tropes. The first movie was daytime horror in a lot of ways. Yeah. There, there were it, it was not like even the the opening Georgie scene is very clear what's going on. It's you know I mean Pennywise is of course in the shadows in the sewer because he's in the sewer. Yeah, but it's not one of those like so dark you can't even make it out. Like once you see Pennywise's face, you see Pennywise's face, and then when he you know attacks, you see him attack and what happened. Yeah. Like that was really interesting to me. And then this one, for the most part, reverse is a lot of that and becomes jump scares and dark rooms and like all the horror tropes that I'm just kind of tired of and this this movie just kind of turns those up and I'm just like I mean even like the the scary stuff happening in the background trope you know what I mean like with the old woman or whatever and it's just it's yeah. I don't know it was just kind of one of those things Ooh. I was, I was oh, disappointed with I love with. that scene yeah. oh I love that scene so much do you yeah Mrs. Kirsch yeah oh oh man see when you look at uh, other other than your main cast, you know, the McAvoy and the Chastain, mm-hmm. the haters, people who play other, like, just minor characters are so good. The old lady that plays Mrs. Kirsch nails how to creep you out. Sure. And that happens throughout the movie of background or minor characters really just 
you know, they're they're trying to make themselves well, maybe, known. Maybe you can remind me of others. I, I would agree with you on on her performance for yeah. those brief moments at the beginning of the scene where she is able to actually perform in what appears to be a tension filled horror movie, and then again it turns into a cartoon mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And it's just like it's it's one of those things. Well, it turns from there, there's a moment. I don't want to give anything away, but there's a moment of real tension and interesting you know kind of scary stuff right and then that moment is in my mind so under um it's it's so it just it becomes first like i mentioned a horror trope and then it becomes a cartoon and it's like i don't what are you doing movie like uh, live in the stuff that you lived in in the first movie um and because of those kind of things that just kept happening in my brain i just get got more and more um I, I turned from disappointed to angry <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie. And that's going to affect, you know, how you feel about something. So I'm just, you know, kind of trying to be honest about, you know, my feelings all the way through it. So, but tell me something, tell me something else good. Give me something else to. Between the two movies, there is a movie or there's a moment in this movie that actually sent shivers down my spine in this movie. I never okay. got that in the first movie. I thought it was, you know, a creepy horror movie, you know, but I I had a good time and I was never like truly shook or anything like that. There's a moment in this movie that actually shook me. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Even thinking about it. And spoilers. Well, and that I guess is the final thing. This movie is um, uh, uh, grotesque in a way that that is common in horror movies. Uh, but not the thing I like about horror movies or the thing that I will enjoy about horror movies. I don't think there's a gore factor, if that's what you're talking about in this movie. Well, I mean, and we'll have to wait till spoilers, but I could give you three examples of things that I'm just like, nope, nope, didn't, didn't want to see that. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I get it. It's a horror movie. That's what horror movies do. Yeah. Perhaps what you should hear is if you love horror movies, don't listen to a word I'm saying because, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing. You know I don't like horror movies Right, either. but you love Stephen King. I do love Stephen King. And you love this story. Like I you, do love this story. Yeah. So there is, there's a history of, you know, you're already in. Yeah, but I don't want that to come across as the only reason why I not. love of this movie. Of course not. We talk about it on this podcast all the time. It's not the only thing. It's an influence, right? It's yeah. it's a way we see the world. I One of the things that I, I've wanted to be very clear in all my Sif Pop movie reviews, this podcast, whatever, is yeah. bias is real. It's important. It's valuable to know because it helps us understand the eyes that each other see through. Yeah. And there's a reason Andrew and I disagree on this movie. We see it through different eyes. And all the things that impact that uh, are going to impact what we pay attention to and what we don't pay attention to. And, and you know, for instance, I wouldn't have recalled that, uh, is it Marsh? The Marsh character being, uh, not, not, no, it's Mrs. Beverly Kirsch? Marsh. Kirsch, right. Oh, Mrs. Kirsch, yeah. I wouldn't have recalled the Kirsch performance being great. Because yeah. I wasn't thinking about great things. I was thinking how annoyed I was with this stupid movie. In, in the moment, <laughs> in the moment... I knew she was doing good work. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'm able to. So for me to be able to see through your eyes and you go, what about that? You know, Kirsch performance. I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. That was great. But we we each have our own perspective. And I think that's, you know, that's valuable. Yeah. So um, what else do you want to talk about? Um, a lot of the stuff I want to talk about would lead into spoilers, okay. not for this movie, but for the book. Oh, OK. So I want to save those for spoiler talk All as right. well. All right. So, but um, do you have one last thing then or? We ready to move there on? There is no post-credit scene. <laughs> but I actually, I'm excited to go and see this again. 
Like, I really, really am. Yeah. And it's not, I like I said, I really I'm do. I'm trying ap- to think of the number of the dollar amount you would have to pay me to see this movie again. Nah. No, I really had a good time. And it's not because. In fairness, it, it's probably like a hundred. Yeah. If somebody paid me a hundred bucks, I'd probably go see it again. I really do like the story. Yes. But I also think the performances and some of the scares are really good. And also, I think that if you were to watch these movies back to back, they would, it would just flow. There's no like, okay, well, let's get caught up in where we are or anything like that. I mean, it just, smooth sailing from chapter one to chapter two i mean maybe but they are again they felt very different to me um like i there's a all the stuff i talked about that i feel is different from the first one so they i mean i think uh chronologically wise or just the idea of um connective tissue yes i agree with that uh with what you're saying um in that way i do have one more thing okay uh my one more thing is the de-aging they did on the young uh losers Mm -hmm. club overall was pretty good uh there was one part of it that really distracted me and it was the upscaling of the voice the up registering of their voices uh specifically the the eddie character who was also in shazam i forget the actor's name i should probably look it up um but his voice was so pitched up in this after seeing him in shazam like in knowing his voice has changed a little bit since, you know, at chapter one. I get why they did it because they felt like, you know, that's how his voice was in the first one. Mm-hmm. But I could hear, and maybe it's just my audio thing, but I could hear the pitching uh, yeah. and, and how they did that. Um, and that really distracted me. If for me, just let him just let him have his voice change. Maybe he had his voice change, you know, yeah. at some point. I don't know. Fighting a d- demon clown can, you know. <laughs> right. Add some testosterone to you. <laughs> I, um, I do like the fact that um, this is just an Easter egg mm-hmm. that um, the woman who plays Eddie's mom in the first one plays his wife in as, oh. as, as he's grown up because you know he's like he just grew up to marry the exact same woman as his mom. You know? I did not. I did not realize that at all. That was the the same person. Same same actress. That's funny. Yeah, just a uh, different makeup and stuff to make her look younger. So yeah. I thought that was really funny. I'm kind of unaware of like what spoilers and, and what aren't necessarily with this the story. And, and again, maybe that's why I'm excited to talk spoilers with you and kind of get what the book does. But I know between like the the miniseries in 1990 and this one, the um, the uh, James McAvoy's wife character is so Way much more, more prominent. Important, prominent in the miniseries. Um, detrimentally so because they try to make her more prominent than they actually give her time to do anything yeah um audra i think is is her name uh and so it's that that kind of stuff is fascinating to to me as well so i'm interested to talk about that in the sift spoil anything else no all right see it if you like the first one i think i really do believe you'll like this one too uh, not true in my case, yeah. but probably true in most cases. Um, and again, to be fair, I didn't love the first one, but I did enjoy it, especially for a horror movie. Yeah, I love um, the first one. And I definitely don't enjoy this one. So I think that's a lot of good information for you to kind yeah. of make your own decision and go see it with your own eyes and have your own experience and tell one of us where we're wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's it, how it works. It's a lot of fun. It's it's What's interesting is the fact that after watching the first one uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was watching it, and in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, I think Aaron might actually like this one. You know, I mm-hmm. think that this might be a horror movie Aaron likes. But as I was watching this one, I'm like, 
Aaron's not gonna like this. <laughs> no, Aaron's not gonna like this. He's not gonna dig it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, there you so go. So I knew walking in today. I'm like, I'm. Hopefully the steak, you know, cheered you up enough to where you would <laughs> yes. just have that bad of a day where you're just talking about things you it has, hate. It has a nice little buffer. I, mm. I do appreciate. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of. Uh, what would you say? Uh, squash the beef between us. Yeah. You know, the steak was able to. No, mm. not gonna, sorry, not going to meet me there. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Best ever movies featuring a clown character. Uh, so I've already been informed by our amazing producer, Phil, that I have cheated this topic greatly, and he does not respect my choices. Oh. Uh, primarily one of them. So, And I think he's probably right. <laughs> but we'll get there. Uh, right. We will get there. Uh, so let's start off with number five. Work our way to number one. What are the best movies ever that have a clown in them? A, a rather sparse category. More sparse than I was thinking. Oh, yeah, because a lot of them are horror films in their like, oh, they're old so, 80 yeah, there's so many killer, clowns killer clown space. movies. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not mentioning those. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to start off with number five. I got the Simpsons movie. That's where I have the Simpsons oh, movie. Really? That's crusty. Perfect. It's so great. We agree on everything, Andrew and I, as you've yeah, just witnessed for the last 20 minutes. Uh, hey, hey, kids. That's a pretty good crusty impersonation. Mm, Nicely done. Uh, yeah. Is the Simpsons movie underrated? Yes. I think so, too. Yes. I think it's really good, and I don't I don't know what people were expecting it to be more than just an hour and a half long Simpsons episode, which is what it is. I think the thing is, what was it, 20 years, and then they made the movie? Yeah. yeah. I think that after that amount of time, people were expecting the funniest movie of mm-hmm. all time. It's not the funniest movie of all no, time. No, of course not. It's funny. It's really funny. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. But it's not the funniest movie of all time. And I think that's why people are like, ah, yeah, it's it's fun. But I think that people are, are sleeping on it. It's yeah. a really good movie. I agree. I And I, you know, it's interesting when these animated shows, these short animated shows expand. Uh, South Park movie is also another great example of a, a show that, that did a movie... Bigger, longer, uncut? Yeah, that did a movie uh, extremely well. So it's it's fascinating to me. Even the Futurama movies, when they came back the second time and did movies instead of episodes. Yeah. Uh, I like those as well. So, um, yeah, that's my number five, too. So what do you got at number four? The Game. Ah, I would trump you, but it's my number three, so let's just go ahead and talk about okay, it. Okay, yeah. A little spy cam clown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is Fincher, right? Yeah. And I think it's one of one of his most underappreciated movies. I think when a lot of people think of Fincher, they think of the big Nick, because he's got a lot of those big name movies. Fight and, Club. Yeah. And people don't, Seven. Um, you know, people don't think of the game, but it is a quality film. It's good. Um, I went back and I watched it recently and... Ooh, the, I haven't done that, so I'm interested to hear that. So, the first time I watched the game, I got to admit, I was fairly young. I was in my teens, and I'm like, oh, man, this movie, you know, what's what's going to be the next twist? You know, what's the next crazy thing that Michael Douglas has to figure out, you know? Mm-hmm. Watching it again, you kind of pick up on just, I don't want to say how ridiculous it is, but how convenient all of his choices mm. seem to oh, like sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh so him doing this perfectly leads into what they wanted him sure. to do you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
after watching it again, I still really do like the movie. Yeah, it just has a lot of cause reasons. Cause reasons. Moments. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that. But that of the of the little plot picky things you can do, reasons actually is one of my like least important in my world. Like I can look over cause reasons you know, a lot easier than I can look over some yeah. things like... Um, well, that's why they paid so much money, because they're that quality of a, <laughs> of a game, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I had the game at number three. You ready for my number four? Yes. This is where I have Billy Madison. Okay, it was honorable mention. Uh, hey, kids, it's me. I, I bet you thought that there I is <laughs> There is something about that early Sandler that still tickles me. You know, Happy Gilmore... Um, you know, Billy Madison and this one specifically has always, always had a place in my heart. I know this is a stupid narcissistic reason. <laughs> I admit that fully. But when this movie came out, everybody was telling me I looked exactly like Adam Sandler does on the cover of this um, VHS because <laughs> Where he's, he's sitting in the tiny, yes, tiny, because he's sitting in the tiny chair and I'm a giant, like, you know, I'm a six foot six or whatever. And oh, that's so, mean. <laughs> You know, is it weird that I didn't take it as mean? I just, you know, I loved it. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, I was I'm like, hey, it's me on the poster. Yeah. Um, so, oh, Veronica Vaughn. So that was the first part. <laughs> the second part was, uh, you know, I just, I think Sandler is funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and did really good work. Yeah. That's what I looked like in high school. Oh. So. Did yep. you have a Veronica Vaughn as a teacher? Yeah. You did? I did. Nice. Every teacher was Veronica Vaughn. Lucky <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> or unlucky me <laughs> one of the two seriously uh what do you got at uh, your number three cabin in the woods oh i didn't even think about this having a clown there's a evil clown oh is it in like the, in the, the big elevator yeah. scene? Well, it's not, okay it, fair enough it's post elevator certainly not as much of a cheat as mine so <laughs> <laughs> i will say that the clown in cabin in the woods is probably on screen more than the one in billy madison <laughs> <laughs> so. probably true that's um, he has true. less lines and less songs. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, yeah, this I, is a great movie. It really is. It, it probably would have been on my list as well. Um, <sighs> I love this movie. Kicked off. Probably would have kicked off the Simpsons movie on my list. Okay. Um, but uh, but I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah, it, it's just it's this is the movie that understands the tone it has, right? Like, this is the movie, not to compare it back to my problems with it, but I can't yeah. help it because it's on my brain. But sure. this is the movie that understands it's not only a parody movie, but also is trying to freak you out in some ways, but understands how to navigate that tone beautifully, right? Um, and because it puts itself also in kind of a weird, twisty world-building thing that's going on here. And so the world-building part of it kind of makes the tone make sense right so i find cabin in the woods fascinating uh yeah. if, if if i had to list my favorite horror movies uh it it would be way up there so yeah yeah nice i, I like cabin in the woods so what you got three that was the game oh, okay so i think we're ready for your number two this is where i have the first date movie okay i had that honorable mention yeah um and i get it yeah um We've talked about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Literally talked about it. See, my brain can't help it. I'm sorry. It just, <laughs> just does that. Don't swear. <laughs> uh, so my, number, my number two is Dark Knight. And I assume that's probably your number one. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, it. It is great. That's All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that's the understatement. Is potentially the greatest superhero movie of all time. How do you feel about the Joker becoming just this character where character actors take their turn 
doing weird, creepy, you know, Joker. I don't know. It's just it's just so weird that we just we have this line, and, and I mean, it's not like Heath Ledger was the first. You yeah. know, Jack Nicholson was the first. If you really want to, you know, talk about taking a, the spin of the creepiness on it, um, and I don't know. It's just it's fascinating to me that we have another one this year. Yeah, that's coming out, and then you know uh, we had uh, Jared Leto doing it recently. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. I'm just kind of like here's why. Because I think from a surface level, the Joker seems like he is a very simple character. Whereas if anybody who reads the comics knows he is anything but, he might possibly be the most complex and complicated character in all of comics, Mm. in my opinion. Um, And for that, you're hearing that too? I think it's just something brushing up against something else. You're good. And here, and... um, and knowing that, seeing all of these character actors uh, do their own take on the on the Joker, uh, just reinforces what I mean. And by that, because you look at Jack Nicholson and he does a perfect Joker. Mm-hmm. You look at Heath Ledger; he does a perfect Joker. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix could potentially do a perfect Joker. Yeah, who knows? Jared Leto did the Joker. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is the range. You look at all the Mark Hamill, you know, or Cesar Romero, all these people who've done the Joker and how vastly different get all based around the same thing really cements how complicated this character is. Uh, it is a complicated character. It's also genuinely scary to me how attracted we are to this character culturally. Um, because there's just such a, an anarchy to him that I think a lot of people identify with. And that, that mindset is frightening to me. I don't, I, I don't like the mindset of anarchy and no rules and, you know, causing, you know, uh, let, uh, what's let the city burn kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Some men just went and watched the world burn. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That quote. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. I, like there's there's an attractiveness to it for some people that that does uh, get under my skin a little bit. So it's weird for me. Uh, I get the the desire for an actor to chew into a performance, you know, to find something like this yeah. that's complicated and and interesting in that way. But I'm just I'm kind of done with it. I'm just like I don't know how much more of this I want to see. What I appreciate about the Joker, and actually what I'm a little hesitant about Joaquin Phoenix's movie, is the fact that I've always thought the Joker is the perfect antithesis to his opposing hero you Mm -hmm. know where you have batman or even superman because joker deals with superman too both of these guys are considered you know the truth justice american way you know all about protecting the people never kill anybody you know they have all of these rules where the joker is exactly the opposite of them and yet he is still bound by their rules and he knows it. The fact that he knows that Batman or Superman won't kill him, unless you read certain comics. Um, <laughs> or is, watch certain movies. Yeah, or watch certain <laughs> movies. Um, is really the, you know, the thing he hates the most mm-hmm. is the fact that he can't understand people who live in a world with such rules. Right, with boundaries. With boundaries, you know. Mm-hmm. He wants to live in a world. See, everything I'm saying just reinforces the fact that he is a complicated character and he's not just a psycho guy that puts on clown makeup. Yeah, there's so but he's much also more. that. He is that. <laughs> yeah. But there's so much more to him than that. And I think that Heath Ledger, w- along with Christopher Nolan, uh, Christian Bale, 
put together one of the best, if not the best superhero movie of all time. And I think, it's because I understood that. Right. And I think what's, again, what's so fascinating and what makes it so fascinating is so creepy is that there are humans who embrace that philosophy in real life and do awful things. Yeah. And so we see it's almost a mirror to our worst parts, you know, kind of thing. And I think that's that's um, that's that is fascinating. I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, you ready for my number one? Yeah. The one that is a complete cheat and Phil thinks I should be thrown in best ever challenge jail for. You He's ready for this? He's shaking his head. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> Finding Nemo is my number one. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Boo. Oh, man. Clownfish. Yes. Oh. Character is a clown fish. I think it works. Mm. Come, Come on, guys. Tell us, tell us a on. joke. <laughs> See, it's a even part of the movie. <laughs> A clownfish and all that. Uh, all right, fair. We all know how much I love Finding Nemo. We don't have to okay, talk yes, about it. It was, it, was, just, it was just an excuse. It would to be talk my about, number two. Fine <laughs> to talk about Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah, which obviously stars a clown fish. Yeah. All right, uh, so there you go. The best ever challenge for this week. Uh, honorable mentions. Um, I really only had a couple that you haven't mentioned. I got two. Uh, Uncle Buck. Uh, yeah, has a clown scene. In it. That's <laughs> oh, a John funny Candy. Movie. I love mm-hmm. that guy. <laughs> uh, Quick Change is the Bill uh, Murray. Uh, heist movie where he dresses up as a clown. Uh, have you never seen Quick Change? I don't think so. Quick Change is good. Older movie? Uh, I, um, I mean, yeah. Are we talking like Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy, or are we talking... Bill Murray. Oh, Bill Murray. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Bill I Murray. So t- when it came out, exactly, and I have not seen it in a while, so my, my memory is fuzzy. Okay, 1990. Okay, so we're talking like... It's 30 years. Yeah. So, what about Bob? Kind of. So yeah, uh, here's the synopsis. With the aid of his girlfriend and best friend, Lo- uh, Loomis Grimm enters a Manhattan bank dressed as a clown, creates a hostage situation, and executes a flawless robbery. Uh, the only thing left for the trio to do is make their getaway out of the city and to the airport. It sounds simple enough, but it seems that fate deserts them immediately after the bank heist. One mishap after another conspires to keep these robbers from reaching freedom. Uh, this is a good it's movie. A comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's a comedy. 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 56% on uh, Metacritic. So, yeah, 6.8 on the IMDb. It's a horrifying looking clown. <laughs> all, aren't all clowns horrifying looking? Yes. The, the correct Andrew? answer is yes. All right. Um, what else did you have? Uh, Zombieland. There's yes, a, there's no, you're a right. zombie yep. clown in that. Yep, absolutely. It's a funny movie. It's a really funny movie. Are you actually. excited about the new one? I am. Okay. I've seen the trailer, and that's why I have hope. Oh, okay. Yeah. I obviously haven't. <laughs> yeah. And I don't necessarily not have hope. I just have no thoughts on that movie exactly. until I see it. I mean, I I guess my only thought would be I love Emma Stone. Like, you know. Me too. So that would be, you know, a positive. Emma yeah. Stone's in it. Um, And this one is kind of a cheat, really. Saw. The uh, you like Saw? You like the, the first Saw movies? One. The first one. The first one? Yeah. Yeah. I've I like never the seen first it. one. I've, I've refused to I see any of I hate the rest of them. I've refused to see any of them, and I've had I've had people tell me that I should watch the first one. That it's different. That it's you know that it's not as much torture porn as it is uh, mystery, gro- grotesque mystery. Yeah. Um, Think I of just, it, I'm just not into it. it. I'm just not ready for it. It's actually a lot like a David Fincher movie. That's what that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um. So who knows? Maybe someday. Probably yeah. not. But Jigsaw's little. I want to play a game. That little clown mm-hmm. thing on the tricycle thing. Yeah, yeah it works. That counts. Yeah. It certainly counts more than Finding it's, Nemo. Yeah. Although I, mean, I, although I am really glad you brought that movie up. It just made me happy. I'm like, oh, clownfish. Uh, Finding Nemo uh, Saw. 
crossover movie is now yeah. now all of a sudden in the works. I want to play a game, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, before we head on to the Sift Quest, a uh, huge thank you to our Sift Pop members. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, some incredible stuff going on there. Big thanks to Dexter coming on board uh, as a huge member of Sift Pop this month. Um, uh, Dexter, your gift is very much appreciated. He came on at a level where he gets to request a movie review for me every month. So, like, he gets to make me review a movie for him, or any piece of pop culture for him each month. So, um, but I, I spoke with Dexter, and he, he said that he just is very thrilled to be able to support what we do. And Aww. so, thank you. Thanks, really appreciate Dexter. that. Uh, there are various levels of how you can be a Sif Pop member. You can check it all out at the Patreon. It is the reason we can do what we do. Yeah. Uh, and we are very appreciative for it. I think it starts the, the $3 Three. a month levels where it starts so check that out at patreon.com slash sift pop and thank you uh all right on to the sift quest this comes to you uh to us through the email uh which by the way is feedback at siftpop.com so anytime you have a, a question for us or anything you want feedback at siftpop.com is the way to go uh and the question is thus you guys have said you aren't horror fans this is true but there are horror movies you like what are the main things that make a horror movie good to you uh do you want to start andrew or do you want me to i can just list off mine really quick and okay. then after you list sure. yours i'll yeah. just they're probably very yeah, similar, yeah. I would guess. It's got to have a good story, obviously. Yes. And um, if you're going to have a trope, make it uh, make it your own, make it unique. Don't just Cle- make it clever. I what the one I'm Turn really it on its head. The one I'm really thinking about is when we talked about a little bit earlier, and that's a quiet place. You know, yes, the quiet place is an amazing horror movie. It's tense. It plays on the trope of you got to be quiet, but it's smart about it. Right. That story is great. You know. Mm-hmm sign language you know and how they made uh somebody with a disability you know being deaf you know it became an attribute and mm-hmm. you know help that person survive you know yeah. so yeah i think that that's as long as the movie can have a great story and if you're going to have a trope make it your own make it unique I, and I think we do get into something too. When you think about a quiet place, and and people are like, oh, is it is it horror or is it you know thriller? It's, yeah. And it's like, look, if, it depends on how scared <clears throat> of that movie you get. <laughs> if there's if there's one thing about movie discussion that is the most annoying to me right now, it's genre police. It's the idea that you know because you want to say you like a certain genre, you have to classify certain films in that genre, or because I say I don't like horror, I have to classify a quiet place as thriller because I don't like horror. You know, it's like yeah. the whole genre police thing is annoying to me. Um, so please understand, we're we're qualifying these as. Basically, it's a broad sense of it, the broad sense of horror movies that frighten us. <laughs> you know, like that's, yeah. that. At the end of the day, that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, and and that is kind of what I put as my main thing. I almost have to tie into another genre. So there has to be something else in addition to the fear that I enjoy or connect to, like the mystery part yeah. of it, or the thriller part of it, or the humor part of it even, like Cabin in the Woods is, you know, very funny, and that's part of why I love that movie. Yeah. Um, so there, there, or even action, you know, if there's cool action in it, you know, then there, it's almost like if, if it has well-done elements of what I like in other kinds of movies, then I don't mind a movie that's trying to scare me. Um, which is, again, kind of the lowest common denominator of how we would describe horror. Sure. Um, and then also for me, the less gore slash squirm factor. 
the better. If you can find a way to imply it without trying to gross me out, there's a difference between trying to gross me out and trying to frighten me. Yeah. And that's, you know, for me, again, this isn't for everybody, but for me, I don't connect to that at all. I don't, I don't understand the idea of wanting to, you know, be grossed out or wanting to, you know, see gore, that kind of stuff. So, no, I'm right there with you. So that that's the other thing I would say. For me, a horror movie... So in, in all honesty, PG-13 horror movies are probably more likely to work for me because they're kind of limited on the type of gore they can show and, and that kind of stuff. You know, Happy Death Day yeah. is is an example of, uh, you know, one of those kind of movies. So, so yeah. Or Escape Room is another one. Yeah. So. Uh, I like movies like Alien. You know, the first one, sure, is definitely more of a horror film than Aliens, mm-hmm. which I think you know Cameron's just flexing some action muscles in that sure. one. Yeah. but there are you know scary moments. But I think you know, uh, I something I like about horror films is make your main characters smart. Make it you know not just the bumbling blonde cheerleader. Uh, who is just running and she's somehow going the same speed as right. the guy walking behind her, you right. know, and she trips every five seconds, you know, yep. I want, I want a Ripley in my movie. I want somebody who's smart, who, even though they may not be as strong as, you know, the opposing, you know, the fear inducing villain. Sure. They got to be smarter. Yeah. That makes it better. Yeah, absolutely. Like Hitchcock. That guy knew how to do horror films. I know you. I know you. I mean, hate Hitch- when, I know you hate whenever somebody just only classifies Hitchcock as horror. But he knew how to do horror movies. He he did one. He did Psycho. Yeah. Uh, and then you could qualify the Birds is possibly a horror film. You yeah. know, again, genre policing it isn't is not what I'm trying to do here. But um, but he qualified the Birds as a monster movie. Um, which monster movies in some ways are horror films. So, you could technically you know, count the first Godzilla of the 1954 as a horror movie because yeah. of what it was being a metaphor. Oh, also, metaphors. If you can get a good, powerful metaphor, oh, that course. actually means something. Yeah, I include that in story. You know, yeah. the idea of telling a good story, writing a good script, layering those metaphors in there. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's, that's very important. Aaron, how would you classify Ready or Not, the one that we just reviewed a couple weeks ago? Uh, ready or not, like if I was playing genre police and I had to put it in a genre. Suspense comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, funny. I, I mean, okay, is it a horror film? Yeah, I think it's a horror film. Yeah. I would absolutely, like as far as qualifying it in this conversation, for sure, 100%. Um, it's also a comedy, you know, it's also a thriller. It's so, and, and again, that's what I was saying about mm. the reason I can love Ready or Not is because of how it applies in these other categories. And it, you know, it's beautifully written, has a beautiful metaphor over top of it. Yeah. It's great performances. And, you know, it, it tells a good story. So, yeah, that's a good example of a horror movie that both of us liked um, yeah. because of those reasons. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ready for Buried Treasure? Oh, yeah. Okay. Who do you want to go, you who do you wanna go first? Yeah. The way you let you go first, man. Tell me what you got buried in those treasures. Uh, I have a Slim Jim uh, buried in this treasure. I'm just kidding. I just figured I'd go with Macho Man. Yeah. Uh, my buried treasure. Well, the way you said it, I was like, is he going to snap into it? <laughs> no, that's for Thanos. Uh, I, I'm going with Tuca and Birdie on Netflix. Now, uh, you may have recently heard that this was canceled, and it has been. 
Uh, and in fact, that's the first I ever heard of this show was when it got canceled <laughs> and the fans were like, hey, don't cancel our awesome show. And I was like, I've never even heard of this animated show on Netflix. Uh, it is really funny. Uh, it's it's really interesting for me as a male because it is you can feel the female perspective all over the show. And I love that. One of my favorite things are pieces of culture that are from different shoes than I wear. And this is this is definitely that. And there's what's amazing is it kind of lures you in with um, the humor which is funny. And by the way, I should give you a little bit of a background on like voicing that kind of stuff. Um, I believe uh, it is, um, oh, what is her name? Just to, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, I love uh, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, and uh, is it Amy, Amy Wong? What is, what is her name? Allie Wong. So it's Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong. Ali Wong, the comedian? Yes. Stand-up? Oh, yes. she's hilarious. Yes. And then Stephen Yoon uh, from Walking Dead, and yeah. he's he's also a voice in this as well. Um, and then there are several, you know, guest voices that you'll recognize, that kind of stuff. But it's mainly Tiffany and Allie. Their relationship is really beautiful. Uh, it's, it's interesting. What I was saying was it's interesting because the comedy draws you in. But then this, this, this show tackles sexual harassment. It tackles all, all sorts of these issues in such a, an interesting, lighthearted, fantastical kind of way that it almost has permission to be more, uh, I'm going to use the word explicit, probably not in the way you're thinking, but but be more bold. Let's say bold. It has permission to be more bold about how it's talking about these issues because of the comedy that's in it. And I think it's like 10 episodes. They're each like 25 minutes long. It's a pretty easy watch. Um, and I had, a, I had a really good time binging it. So um, that's Tuca and Birdie. Nice. So, yes. And there is just for clarity. There's, you know, language and animated nudity and, you know, just it's definitely not a show to watch with the kids. I always find that especially important to say when it's an animated show. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, kids, go check out Big Mouth. <laughs> well, I think you would have I think you would have known that by the topic matter that I talked about. You know, yeah. like I think you would assume that. But just so so we're clear, it's it's not for kids. Yeah. Um, but it's called Tuca and Birdie. Uh, and I found it beautiful it's only in the netflix world that a show could air could premiere in may and get canceled in july (laughs) (laughs) yeah unless it's well not no not only in a netflix world networks have done that too networks have definitely canceled shows after one episode (laughs) dc canceled swamp thing before the first episode aired dc canceled swamp thing i know oh my god i i I hate to break it to you (laughs) i should have done this off camera so uh call back yeah. Uh, anyways, that's Tuca and Birdie, so you might want to check it out. What do you got? I got a show as well on FX, What We Do in the Shadows. Ah, have you seen the movie yet? I have not. This show is beyond hilarious. Is it? Is it great? It is. I love it so much. I love it so much. There's only one season and it has 11 episodes. I think I've gone... Uh, I started watching it uh, right after we did our last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Now I've seen the se- the entire season three times. Oh, nice. It's just so rewatchable. Wow. Um, if you enjoy, like, uh, Flight of the Concords kind of dry humor, or if you loved the, the movie, What We Do in the Shadows... 
it's the exact same thing. It's a different cast, and that was actually my biggest reason why I hadn't picked up the show immediately. I'm like, I don't know this this cast really. I don't really know them, you know. I, I, I want Jermaine. I want, you know, Taika mm-hmm. Waititi back, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're hilarious. I know that they are so funny. I feel so bad that I waited so long to watch the show now. Well, eventually I will feel that bad. Yeah. Uh, and I will watch it. I, should I watch the movie first? Yes. Okay. So movie first and then the show. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's on my list. Yeah. It's just a really big list. <laughs> hey, uh, those movies you have to review once a month now? Yeah. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get on Dexter's good side? Hey, Dexter. Like, hey, Dexter, make him watch. What we do in the shadows? What we yeah. do in the shadows? No, the show is beyond hilarious, and I am so glad that it exists. Very nice. Yeah. Well, we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We 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 did it. We we did it. We we ventured down to the barrens and yeah, and uh, faced our fears, mm-hmm. clowned around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we did a podcast. We looked in the dead lights and we said. The pod lights. The pod lights. <laughs> we got, we got ca- two. <laughs> we we did, got two we got, pod lights. We got caught in the pod lights. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us. Oh, thank you. Uh, appreciate you being here, man. Huge thanks to Phil, our amazing producer who produces the audio show as well as a live video show of the podcast recording uh, that is up on YouTube uh, every week. So we usually do that Saturdays at noon. So if you have your Saturdays free in the afternoon and you want to just tune in and see us record this, you can absolutely do that. Um, the YouTube channel is just called Sif Pop. So youtube.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, and it'll show up there on Saturdays. So thank you, Phil, for making that possible. Doing amazing work. Amazing work. Uh, also, and I haven't thanked him in a long time, but I want to thank him today and at least every once in a while, LaRange, for doing our music. Uh, you know, we updated our intro-outro music a while back with a, a LaRange track that he gave us. He's an incredible artist. He also did the CinemaSense stuff. Yeah, and I want to give him a shout-out for the work that he does. Uh, huge thanks as well to our Sif Pop members who we've talked about. We appreciate you giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode. We'll be recording mm. a bonus episode here for our members uh, and that's at every level gets the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout uh, at a certain level so find out more about all those details at patreon.com slash uh, also connect with us you can comment rate or leave a review where you do your podcast if it's apple podcasts uh, leave a review there we may uh, chuck that onto the show at some point uh, i saw somebody named Andrew Ormsby left a review there. Uh, says oh something. yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> He's like, is it cheating if I can if I rate my own show five stars? <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot I did that. Well, you did that. Yeah, you absolutely did that. The Vanilla Chronicles. <laughs> uh, you can as well leave your review, and we would appreciate it. Uh, also, give us an email at feedback at sifpop.com if you have anything you want to let us know, or you want to do a sift quest, any of that kind of stuff. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than aiming a knife through an opaque shower curtain uh we're gonna be back with spoilers on it chapter two and then next week uh i think we'll be reviewing hustlers 
um, or whatever that answer. Or Ansel. the Golden Finch. Yeah, Golden Finch. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll put the a Golden poll Snitch. Up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't know they made a movie about uh, yeah. just the the one thing in Quidditch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing documentary. Yeah. Just the Golden Snitch. What if they did a thirty for thirty on Quidditch? <laughs> like ESPN did a 30 for 30. I think it'd be a blast. I'd That'd watch be a lot it. Of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so we will see you next week or with the spoilers.